On today's episode of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast, the Florida Panthers play their first home game at FLA Live Arena for the first time in almost a month. The Florida Panthers welcome in the Nashville Predators for the to kick off this five-game homestand in Sunrise. I will be chatting with Ann Kimmel, one of the co-hosts of Locked On Nashville Predators, to discuss tonight's matchup between these former Central Division rivals from last season. So, Buckle up and let's talk some Panthers and Predators hockey on today's episode of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast. Your Locked On Panthers, your daily podcast on the Florida Panthers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome into this crossover edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast and the Locked On Nashville Predators podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. Thank you for making the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast and Locked On Predators podcast your first listen of the day. For everyone on the Nashville Predators feed, let me introduce myself. My name is Armando Velez. I'm from pantherparkway.com. And you can follow me on Twitter at MondoMan12. Follow the show account on on Twitter as well at L O underscore F L A Panthers and have the pleasure to bring into this crossover edition of locked on Panthers and locked on predators is one of the co-hosts of locked on predators and Kimmel. And how are you doing tonight? I am doing great. I'm excited to be here. This is going to be a great matchup to talk about. And before we talk about that matchup, I want to give you a lot of praise because for and for anyone who listening on Locked On Panthers who haven't who has not heard Ann Kimmel's coverage of the Olympics, go listen to Monday's episode for the one last time to listen to Olympic Hockey Daily. I want to congratulate you, Rachel and Erica Ayala, who's all the way over there in Beijing about what they're do what you guys have done in the last two and a half three weeks. And I want to give you give you <laughs> a lot of praise. So. I bet I, I, I bet you were super tired, like we talked about <laughs> before recording. I really wish that these games had been on more friendly central time terms <laughs> for sure. But it was really fun. It was a lot, it was a lot of work and it was a lot of hockey. But you know what? I learned you just almost can't get hockeyed out. It was really great. So thanks for listening. It was really fun. That's awesome. And and definitely, definitely some definitely wanted to give you that shout out. But we have a game to talk about on on Tuesday night between the Florida Panthers and the Nashville Predators. And it's also kind of strange because I got a I got and a lot of the Florida Panthers fans and along with Nashville Predators fans as well, got a lot of the Nashville Predators last season. The season <laughs> yes. did go five, two and one in favor of the Panthers last year but how it how weird is it to you that these teams um faced off against each other so many times and then it's like wow now we're, we don't face off against each other until now february even though it was supposed to be before the postponements yeah, it's been really weird. I think we got into such a groove with the the modified divisions and schedule last season where we were seeing you guys a lot. We were seeing Carolina a lot. And it's been an adjustment to go back to wait a minute now, who are who are the real rivals? Because I have to tell you, 
last season really kind of stirred something when it comes to the Florida Panthers here in Nashville. So it was a rough, I mean, we had a rough time handling y'all last season that many times, and it's going to be interesting to see how much of that energy and emotion sort of carries over into the game between the teams tonight. Yeah, absolutely. And for, for the Panthers, they got off to a rough start against Nashville, a, a bit, a win that happened for, uh, Nashville in the first one, it was a coach's challenge that the Florida Panthers lost. The The Preds ended up um, tying the game after a uh, penalty off of losing a challenge. And then uh, uh, too many men on the ice that the Florida Panthers thought happened did, was not. Um, I remember one of them, Nolachari, got a hat trick. One of them, uh, Chris Drieger, comes in and gets a shutout. And oh. one of them was Spencer Knight coming in as well for Sergei Bobrovsky in that final one to clinch a playoff spot. So some memorable games on the Florida yeah. Panthers end and not so memorable ones. But for this one tonight, for the Nashville Predators, I want to talk to you about because there was a time when a lot of the other teams that when they were trying to make up their games in hand, people were starting to see the Nashville Predators really climb up into the standings in the Central Division where are you at as far as this team's chances as a right now, a bubble playoff team in the Western conference? You know, it's funny. This has been a, a season that has had seasons in it. Um, Nashville at one point was as high as second in the standings right behind Colorado, who seems that they have just nested in that top spot um, and are going to be tough to unseed. But Nashville really has had some play that has been really strong. They've gone on some great runs. And then now, all of a sudden, we find ourselves on a four-game losing streak, which is definitely not ideal when you're headed to Florida to play the Panthers. This is not ideal timing for Nashville. Currently, we are fourth in a really tough central division. Um, we're behind the Avalanche, uh, Minnesota, the St. Louis Blues, and then we're sitting right there. And we have Dallas breathing down our neck. We only have four points on Dallas. So what was comfortable a few weeks ago suddenly feels very uncomfortable in Nashville and our upcoming schedule like I said playing the Panthers you know doesn't do us a lot of favors when it comes to the standings in the central division yeah and I was talking to you right before we hit record how mm -hmm. Nashville coming out of the break you talked about a four-game losing streak for them I'm looking at it right in front of me is the, the hockey players are creatures of habit mm -hmm. and when you're not playing every other day, I mean, if you ask the players on the Predators, they're not going to make any excuses. You have to go out and play. But I'll make the excuses for them. I don't like the amount of two-day off gaps that the that the Nashville Predators are having. And right now, between their the game against Carolina and even this game against Florida, it's a three-game gap. What? Yes. Are do you think that this that, that right now the Predators are having a hard time with getting back into a routine? You know, I really, I think that there is an element of that. I think the all-star break interrupted something for Nashville. Uh, they really had something good kind of brewing there. And then they had this long period off. And of course, you know, you need that time to recharge. You know, the last half of the season is grueling. But the Predators just have struggled to find their groove again. Uh, players who are usually just solid, like Roman Yossi, he's had a couple of games that have been a little bit shaky since the all-star break. Um, and like you 
said, they've had these gaps in between games. And while you can spin that, that this is really good, we get extra rest, extra practice, I think it has maybe thrown them off a little bit. And that could be part of why we're seeing such a struggle for them to find a consistent game again. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and hockey players, even when they, especially when they lose, the one thing they want to do immediately is get right back on the ice and, and they're hungry to, to definitely play again. So that's a big factor. So last season, I remember that Matthias Ekholm was uh, rumored to possibly be traded. He gets an extension. Uh, team looks like a team-friendly extension, based on what I'm seeing on Cap Friendly. Just a not a long-term deal um, at six point two five. Um, and now the Nashville Predators are headed into another situation where they're trying to um, see whether they're buyers or sellers at the mm -hmm. deadline. And now Philip Forsberg, Oof. the leading goal scorer for the Nashville Predators. Um, he, he has a new contract coming up. Uh, what, what is the status of the extension talks possibly for Philip Forsberg? So general manager David Poyle really has been um, open about the fact that he wants to get something done with Philip Forsberg. He said that just recently, he said that he is ready to sit back down again and do some more talking. Everyone here in Nashville wants to resign Forsberg. I think uh, if this team loses Philip Forsberg, uh, it's going to look very different for the next, you know, two to three years here in Nashville because he's such a key part of their success. So I think the hope is they're going to get something done and get something done quick because I think a lot of other decisions that may happen before the trade deadline are contingent on signing Philip Forsberg. So I'm going to be honest with you. I think a lot of fans in Nashville wake up every day and think, okay, is this the day? Is this the day they announced they've signed him we're still waiting mm -hmm. one thing that these two teams have in common is goalie depth in their yes. in their in their system and like the florida panthers have that with bobrovsky knight and even this one recent signing in max guzda who was a goaltender of the yeah. week in the ohl but for the predators UC Soros, what a story for him being a fourth round pick, an undersized goalie, and has really helped this Nashville Predator get to where this team is. And of course, they have a, someone waiting in the wings in Yaroslav Askarov, um, who they just drafted uh, two drafts ago. How exciting is it, especially now that Pekka is out of the picture and, and what this can be for the Nashville Predators? You know, it was a little bit nerve wracking about a few, you know, to maybe two years ago when you looked at goaltending because we knew it was sort of the twilight of Pecorine. And of course, UC Saros was the heir apparent. And, but I don't think anybody anticipated just how fortunate we were going to be and how well he would step into those big shoes. You know, um, UC Saros is having an incredible season. He is so rock solid in net. And even though people talk about, you know, his size, He's a little, little smaller than your prototypical NHL goalie. He really has played so well. He's been, you know, in and around, danced around the Vesna conversation. I'm not sure he's going to be a finalist for that, but, you know, really has played exceptionally well. 
there's a lot of enthusiasm in Nashville about Askarov for sure. Uh, we are, everybody keeps their eye on what's going on with his games. And we also have Connor Ingram in Milwaukee and Connor Ingram is just really having a phenomenal season in Milwaukee. The Admirals started off pretty rough this season, but they finally kind of are getting it together. And a large key for that is Connor Ingram. So I think you know, the nerves of losing Pecorine, I think everybody is kind of breathing a sigh of relief because we can see, you know, we've got some really good goaltenders in the pipeline and things are looking pretty bright for goaltending here in Nashville. Yeah. And just to read the numbers of UC Soros uh, uh, this season, um, two, 249 uh, goals against average, 923 save percentage and two shutouts. And you talked about uh, Connor Ingram as well for Milwaukee, 920 save percentage and 2.6 goal, goals against average uh, out, down in Milwaukee in 35 games. So goaltending is going to definitely be something that is exciting for this uh, Nashville Predators team going forward. But we are going to flip the script in the next segment where Ang is going to ask, put me on the spot and talk about the Florida Panthers. But first, we want to tell you all about Bet Online. And football might be over this season, but basketball is in full steam for both pro and college hoops. From all the latest odds, totals, player performance props to where the next fire coach is going to land, BetOnline.net is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. BetOnline remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline.net is your source for hockey, boxing, and UFC odds, right to the Olympic coverage and information. Head to the website today and use your mobile device to learn about the trends and action. BetOnline, where the game starts. And welcome back to this crossover edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast and Locked On Nashville Predators podcast. I'm Armando Velez. I have Ann Kimmel with me. So now we're going to flip the script where Ann is going to ask me fl some Florida Panthers related questions. Oh, I have questions. <laughs> So Florida Panthers right now, um, in pretty much any power ranking you see, very comfortably camped at number one, 35, 10, and five. Um, what is going right in Florida? What's the secret? And are you, I guess a better question is, how surprised are you by how well this season's going for Florida? I'll start with the second question. Okay. Um, what I'm... Surprised they're at the near the top of the NHL. I'm not surprised that they're top 10, even top five. But as far as one point, one point off the lead for the President's Trophy, which Colorado just lost today to Boston. So now uh, I believe it's a game separated. And I, I don't know the games in hand on the top of my head for Colorado, but it's it's amazing how the Florida Panthers are in this race for the president's trophy. But what's going right is the fact that you have more than just two lines now for the Panthers and Anton Lindell coming into the mix as well, coming over from Liga um, and manning that third line center. Mason Marchment, who's who nobody knew who this guy was just two years ago, spent a little bit of time in Toronto. Um, the former GM of the Florida Panthers, Dale Talon, um, he made that trade right before, right at the trade deadline for Dennis Mulgan. Nobody knew who he was, and he's been uh, someone who's just been an energy boost for this Florida Panthers team on the defensive end. He's all he's one of the forwards that you see him 
creating hit after hit for 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 the Panthers on the defensive end. And that whole third line is really been the the and the secondary st- scoring for this Florida Panthers team has really taken yeah. them over the top. And I haven't even gotten to the top six of the Panthers. <laughs> And for the secondary scoring and the bottom and the bottom six, I, I want to give also a special shout out to Sam Reinhart, who Bill Zito traded a first round pick to Buffalo for Sam Reinhart, and he's averaging a point per game for for the Panthers on the on the third line. And Jonathan Huberdeau's kicked it to another gear. He's added penalty yes. killing to his arsenal, um, just one point off the NHL points lead right now. Barkoff, even though he's missed a little bit of this season, he's definitely. Um, been been the goal scorer that we've always known him to be and Sergei Bobrovsky um the first two seasons were rough for him uh mm-hmm. the defense wasn't the best neither but the defense got better and so did Bobrovsky and Mike Kelly of NHL Network joined David Dork's Odd Man Rush show and talked about something that we've talked about in Florida Panthers circles is that even though Bobrovsky doesn't have a good playoff record and he's uh, not Vezina caliber Bob that he doesn't need to be. He just needs to be make those uh, great saves at a, at the good time. And it, it's crazy. You'll see two goals each game. Some of those goals, you could argue that Bob could have had a shutout. You could, or could have like had only one goal, but when you're scoring at the rate that the Florida Panthers are number one in the league now in average yes. per game, 31 games of 50 that they've scored four or more. Yes. Bob has been able to relax a little bit, but not <laughs> relax all at the same time, if that makes any sense at all. But Bobrovsky has been has been like flying a little bit under the radar on how great he has been this season and coming up with those timely saves. Mm-hmm. So what would you say is the top storyline for Florida this year? Is it secondary scoring? What would you say really is the main story coming out of Florida? Is there one player? I think it's the coach. I really do believe it's the coach that is the storyline uh, because they went through a difficult situation with Coach Q having to resign after everything yes. that happened with uh, Kyle Beach up in Chicago and this team could have easily crumbled yes. after that situation. Of course, they started off 7-0, and and now Andrew Burnett is now 28-10-5. I talked about it on the national show, and I talked about it on yesterday's show about Andrew Burnett having a having dealt a great hand and, and, ha- and having this, but any co- and uh, this team could have crumbled easily. And even yes. though Joe and the leadership as well on this team, I know Joe. I know Joe Thornton doesn't play every single night for the Panthers. Uh, Patrick Hornquist has been in and out because of injuries and COVID mm-hmm. and all that too. But those veteran leaderships of off the ice have helped it on the ice as well. And and the talent of the core three of Barkov, Huberto, and Ekblad has always been there. And now adding those complimentary pieces on them, they got Sam Bennett in in the last trade deadline and then getting Sam Reinhart on draft night, a a, a trade that happened past midnight uh, after the first round that kept Florida Panther fans up late uh, (laughs) seeing what what kind of um, player was coming to this team and just, just buying into what Bill Zito was selling. And people... 
I don't think people realize, even though Coach Q isn't here anymore, mm-hmm. how much of his emotional presence and aura is still kind of here in South Florida on what he was able to build here. And Andrew Burnett has just been able to definitely take it and run with it. It wasn't pretty at first. And a Mm -hmm. lot of the losses, a lot of the losses, especially on the road were, were we, a lot of fans scratched their heads. A lot of, uh, a lot of the Panthers, um, the Panthers before resuming play after the Olympic break, they only had one win where when the opposition scores first on the road, mm-hmm. that they come out with a win. And that was a shootout win. Oh, wow. They got, they got two in their first two coming back out of the break. So they've learned how to come from behind more on the road. I mean, they've only lost three at home. I know this is a home game coming up on Tuesday, but yeah. it's been what they've done after these breaks, the Christmas break, they've come out firing they had the Olympic break. They got healthier and firing. Mm-hmm. And I said on the national show that winning in sports comes with a little bit of luck as well. And the Panthers' luck has been incredible. And counting their lucky stars, and I'm not complaining about it. A lot of people aren't complaining about it. And I can admit that there there has been some luck in, in, mm-hmm. in relation to that. And you got to take what you can get. I mean, talk, talk – I mean – we can relate this to Nashville Predators as well. Just in 2017, coming in as the the ace seed and yes. making their run to the Stanley Cup final, a lot of luck bounced Absolutely. their way, and and they took advantage of it. The LA Kings as well, coming out as an ace seed as well when they won the Stanley Cup as well. Yep, absolutely. I can completely relate to that. And I think Nashville's having the opposite where some things are not bouncing their way. So we'll kind of see how things fall. Is there an area of weakness or concern with this team as you have been watching them? Lately, it's been how they start off in the first period um, Mm -hmm. with possession, Uh, especially Sunday where they only had three shots on goal uh, and against Chicago, but they got a goal. One of those shots was a goal. So <laughs> it, it works, but it worked, but Hey, uh, it, it's really how they start off games because if this happens in the playoffs, we, it could smell trouble for the Florida Panthers. And, um, but Hey, their, their third period, their, how they've done in the second and third periods as of late, as in, I, I, but I also believe I, this is this is the first time I'm using this in words in the podcast. I feel like it's pace of what they're doing. I feel mm-hmm. like it's kind of a little bit of a pace, but I don't want it to be that they're just taking a step back. I just want I want it to see more as they're pacing themselves throughout the game, conserving their energy as they go through the game because it's a it's a long game. It's a 60 minute yeah. game, so you gotta not not put all your energy or else you're going to tire yourself out. And also going back to Andrew Burnett, how he's been learning how to manage those minutes even better. And Sunday was a big, big game for how he's managed time on ice for the Panthers. Mm -hmm. So looking ahead to March 21st trade deadline, what do you anticipate Florida doing? Or do you think there will be a lot of movement, no movement buyers, sellers? What do you see them doing? I don't see a huge splash mm-hmm. for the Panthers because I think the price tag for Jacob Chikrin is uh, too steep uh, mm-hmm. for, for them. But I do believe I will see like an 
intermediate type of move for the Panthers because they don't have a first nor second in the upcoming draft. They gave those up for to trade for two of the Sams, Sam Reinhart and Sam Bennett mm-hmm. in the last um in the last year. So I think I think you're looking at maybe trading like a third or fourth, a mid-round pick for something or a mid-level prospect for for someone. Um the the latest rumblings have been Mark Giordano, Hampus Lindholm yep. as far as the defense defenseman. And as far as forwards, one has been Brandon Hagel of the Chicago Blackhawks, but I highly doubt that's happening because I don't think the Chicago Blackhawks want to give up uh, someone on a good contract uh, and and great term as well. And also a wild card in this one is Claude Giroux, who has a no movement clause from the Philadelphia Flyers. And all the rumblings I've heard of Claude Giroux, all I hear is Claude Giroux to the avalanche. That's all I hear. So I think that's the most likely scenario. Right now, I think if I had to have a crystal ball, I think Mm -hmm. the guy is going to end up being Mark Giordano. It could change. Yeah. Not a bad pick. Not Mm -hmm. a bad pick. All right. Uh, Well, coming up, we need to talk predictions. I want you to tell me what Nashville has to do to win this game, (laughs) because I'm not sure we're going to figure it out on our own the way things are going lately. Yeah, we'll, we'll definitely get that more in the next segment here on Locked On Panthers and Locked On Predators. And we are back here on the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast and the Locked On Nashville Predators podcast as and teased in the second segment of the show. We talked about the season series last year and the meeting for the first time in this one. So what the Nashville Predators have to do in order to to beat the Panthers is oh. they really got to get right in front of the net, right in front of the low slot in order to really challenge Bobrovsky because in these last three games, the shots on goal on the defense, they've haven't allowed many, many attempts on Bobrovsky. Mm-hmm. They're they're doing a really good job in getting in the way of passing lanes and getting in front of the net so that Bobrovsky doesn't have to make a save. But like I said earlier, Bobrovsky, those those few goals that he has given up, it's been a, a little questionable. If you look at the two goals in Chicago, uh, it's, it's a little bit of an eyebrow raiser and just not allowing the Florida Panthers to go on rushes because they yes. lead the NHL in rush attempts for, for the NHL. So not allowing the Panthers to use their speed in order to be I'm, I'm going to assume it's UC Soros who's going to be yes. uh, starting on Tuesday. So just not allowing any rush chances and neutral zone turnovers. That's really the thing because that's where they really make their money when it comes to going the other way. So it, that's really what it's going to take to yeah. defeat this Florida Panthers team on Tuesday night. It, it doesn't happen often at home because they've only lost three times um, all season on, on home ice. Wow. So what – what do you think is how do you think the Florida Panthers have to uh, defeat the Nashville Predators? What is the key before we give our in-game predictions? 
So I think Nashville does their best. Uh, they play their best when they play kind of uh, the buzzword around here is identity. When they play to their identity, it's a hard four checking team. It's very physical play. Um, Coach John Hines always talks about we want to be a team that's hard to play against. If you interrupt that and to do that, really, it means a game played with speed and odd man rushes, which is pretty much a nightmare for us as we face off against the Florida Panthers. <laughs> but if you play a game with speed, if you uh, take advantage of odd man rush opportunities, it really interrupts Nashville's ability to play their style of hockey. And that has been a real problem for them. And that's something that I think, unfortunately, may be easy for Florida to capitalize on. I, it's uh, reassuring that we have UC Saros in net because when we give up those odd man rushes, you know, he really has done a great job keeping the team in games by being able to play well in net against something like that. But really, if the Nashville Predators can't quite find their physical, hard forechecking game, it's going to be a long night for Predators fans. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and what a what a big swing it would be for Nashville if they can break their their losing streak on the road Huge. against Florida and the Nashville Predators are also going to be on the spotlight on Saturday night when they play a stadium series game against uh, Tampa Bay. I, I, I'm sure you know who I'm rooting for in that game for sure. <laughs> I, I would hope. I would hope so. <laughs> yeah, but it, it's a little obvious. Of, but I'll, I'll be keep, definitely keeping eyes, especially because Florida will be playing an afternoon game against Edmonton. So I won't have a Panthers game to watch definitely that night. So, and who wins on Tuesday night? Look, I, I need, we need Nashville to break this losing streak because like you said, they've got Dallas on Thursday, Tampa Bay following Saturday. We are going to have to break this losing streak. I'm, you know, honestly, I think probably Florida is going to win it. I think it's going to be a, a good game. I think Nashville will have to play probably some of its best, most consistent hockey if they want a chance to win this game. I think this is going to be about a 4-3 game. I hate to say it, but I think Florida may take it. Mm -hmm. I'd like that but, not to be true. On the record, mm -hmm. let me say. <laughs> I'm, oh, oh, of course. The last two crossovers that I've done with Jared Ellis of Locked on Hurricanes and Seth Topal of Locked on Wild, I actually picked the Panthers to lose both those road games um, and ended up being wrong on both of them. But for numbers-wise, UC mm -hmm. Soros, it, because I don't want to factor wins because wins can – there's different variables in the wins of the right. goalies. So – Better numbers wise, goals against average and save percentage. UC Saros is having a better uh season than Sergey Bobrovsky. Spencer Knight hasn't been recalled up yet from AHL Charlotte, he's likely going to be recalled during this homestand. It doesn't mm -hmm. look like it's going to be on Tuesday against Nashville, but I think that with um the Florida Panthers, I think they're going to come up with a with a win in this one. I'm going to say 3-2 in mm -hmm. this one uh, as they have gone almost over a month since their last home game. Of course, different factors of the Olympic break, five road games in between. But this is a place that they're very comfortable in, and they score quickly as well at home as well. So I'm going to say it's going to be a 3-2 Florida Panthers win. And maybe it could be 4-2 if, if it's an empty net or at the, at the very end, but I'm going to say uh, three, three, two win for the Panthers. And 
if the Florida Panthers can stop the power play as well from the Nashville Predators, because the the power play for Nashville, I mean, I'm seeing just right now the percentage, they're ninth in the NHL. Yes. If they can just stay out of the box and just learn how to stop the Predators on in that front, then they'll find a, a way to win the game because penalty kill is actually one of the things that gets to the Florida Panthers at time um, that, mm-hmm. that helps other teams um, either – make games closer or sometimes even win. So the, but I'm going to say the Florida Panthers win this one three, two. Yeah. I think it's going to be a close game. I think it really, I think it's going to be a good hockey game. I think it's going to be a close game. Mm. You know, we'll, we'll see how it all pans out. I I can, I never predict blowouts that by the way, I just, I just can't. So I I just think, I just think this one, I, that's why I always predict close as well. Um, But hey, they're they're a bubble playoff team for a reason, and and they're they're looking to definitely be motivated in order to continue that their their quest to make the playoffs. I mean, they've made it yeah. last year, regardless of whether it was a COVID season or not. So that they'll they'll definitely be highly energized as they. I mean, now the Florida Panthers will be they're at the point in their season where they're getting everybody's best shot. Oh, absolutely. So, so that they're they yeah. have a target on their back for sure. And I can sure. acknowledge that. But and thank you so much for doing this crossover edition with me um, for the Locked On uh, Florida Panthers podcast and Locked On Predators crossover. Um, tell my followers where they can find you on the Internet. You can find my work uh, at on the And I'm on Twitter at ANK underscore Mama on Ice. And for the people on the Nashville Predators feed, they can follow me on Twitter at MondoMan12. Follow the show account on Twitter at LO underscore FLA Panthers. And one last time, once again, for everybody listening, please listen to the final episode of Olympic Hockey Daily with Ann Kimmel, Rachel Donner, and Eric Ayala because I cannot say it enough how many, how many, I can't say it enough times how great of a job they've done. So, Thank you once again, Anne, for doing this. Thank you very much. And if you like what you're hearing, please subscribe to the podcast so you'll be notified every single time the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast jumps into your podcast feed. Make sure to subscribe to Lockdown NHL and the Crosscheck NHL show with Andrew Berkshire and Mary Clark. We'll be covering all the regular season activities around the National Hockey League. Thank you once again for making the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast your first listen of the day. And for your second listen of the day, Make sure you listen to today's episode of Locked On Fantasy Hockey. Host Steel Roden and Flip Livingstone help you become the expert of your fantasy league. It's free and available wherever you get podcasts. So I'm Armando Velez with Ann Kimmel. And you've been listening to Locked On Florida Panthers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. <laughs>